Welcome to the Beer Run, part of the BS and Beer family. The only Saints podcast with a two-drink minimum and takes as bad as Pete Carmichael calling the offense. That's a joke, boy. You missed it. Went right past you. You gotta keep, I say you gotta keep on your toes. Put toes, Addy. California Cajun. With me is always Lil Dice and special guest, the big boss man, the everything of the BS and Beer Network, Sans Loud Ass Truck. Uh, this is Dave. <laughs> What's good, Craig? What's up, man? Dave in the building today. We found him. There he is. What's up, Dave? Man, what's happening, fellas? I'm sorry, my little hiatus. Uh, the, the holidays were rough on me. This is how I always know that Dave is those really negative Saints fans. Because he was on here every week when we were getting our ass kicked. We win three in a row and he's gone. We lose again. Ow. Oh, oh, he's here. He's back. He, he's here to talk about us losing again. I, honestly, honestly, I would have been here, but my wife spent all of our money on Christmas presents, and I didn't have money for the internet. And he didn't get me a goddamn thing. <laughs> Supposed to get your oh, employees man. presents at Christmas, Dave. Uh, a good point. Yeah, we need good we point. need that uh, Purple Valley bonus to come. Don't you run that ad? Do not run that ad. <laughs> The Beer Run Podcast is sponsored by Purple Valley Marijuana. We got that good, good. First Saints. All right, Craig. What are you drinking today, man? Um, I don't know if anybody knows this, but uh, it's late January. It's mm-hmm. in Louisiana. I'm having some Mardi Gras-inspired Local beer from Tin Roof Brewing Company. This is the Cry Baby Cream Ale. It is cinnamon, vanilla, nutmeg. It's it's funny. It, it's it's weird, uh, but it's festive and it's seasonal uh, and it tastes good. Um, but we also judge beers very specifically on the show for more than just taste and drinkability. Uh, what's it sound like? I think it sounds pretty good. I think that I think that resonates with me. Uh, that's a solid beer, guys. So what what are y'all drinking? Pretty crisp there, Craig. Mm. <laughs> well, I've got some uh, shot of Fireball here. That's, that's what we're working with today. Keep it pretty simple. Lazy. Boning <laughs> that shit in. This is the opposite. Nice enough. swirl. Nice swirl. You get a swirl? <laughs> I would like to point out to all the listeners if you're not getting the full impact of this, this is during the workday. It is 12 noon on a Wednesday. And so the, the, if you have an addiction problem, call 1-800-777-HELP. If you have a drinking problem, call into the BS and Beer hotline. Hey, we're sending a big shout out to our new partners over at Sports Talk with Friends. We're going to be teaming up with them to bring you some different personalities and points of view. This season is going to be a lot of fun. So go over to their Facebook group Check them out. Sports Talk with Friends. Second down. Let's recap this game. The uh, Saints fall to the Carolina Panthers. So we didn't even fall. We laid down. 
<laughs> lack of effort, we, lack of basical, pathetic, giving up, waving the white flag. Oh, we got injuries. Oh, Taysom Hill's back hurts. Oh, our line is all hurt. Oh, you know, it, it's been a long season. We're eliminated anyway. Shut up. Shut up, Dennis Allen. Shut up, Pete Carmichael. Shut up, everyone who, who allowed me to spend money to go down to that stadium and, and buy $14 beers and watch that fucking game. Oh, how, how many beers did you get, Craig? How many beers? Really, is that is that important to, to this? I mean, do you yes, have to it, get is, it is. It's very important, Craig. Uh, I had six in the stadium, a couple before, a couple after kind of thing. So I, I spent my much money to watch to that damn game. You had a light day of drinking is what you're saying. Uh, I was light trying day. to get My wife says I get too angry watching bad football when I drink. Yeah, I, 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 can, I can understand it, though. Yeah. I mean, look. We, all the people who were left to, to message one another during the game realize that when you weren't giving your input on it or spoiling because you're always like 45 seconds ahead of everybody else. Right. Yeah. yeah he, Lucky he for you guys, the there is no cell service in the dome anymore. <laughs> I couldn't have ruined it for y'all <laughs> if I wanted to. Yeah. yeah it is brutal. Why, why can't they fix that, man? Like, it's been years. My goodness, man. Because you know, you know. because the last uh, little while, it's been so tough to watch games in the Dome that they don't want us telling anybody about it. <laughs> maybe don't that's it. it. Don't want it to leak out that maybe things aren't going well. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's it. And suppress the, the information. That's what Stalin did. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Saints fall to the Panthers 10-7 to seven in this outpouring of offense. Uh-huh. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, let's start with the special teams. Um, we had Gilligan average 44 yards on a punt, two inside the 20, and Lutz missed all of his kicks except for the extra points. Gentlemen, do we have a problem here at kicker? Yeah, I hate to say it, man. It, it, I think it's time to worry. Like, you know, I get yeah. he was injured all last year, so – Okay, you know, came back if he'd have been struggling earlier in the season and gradually rounded into form, that would be the expectation. But we have, I mean, that last kick was awful. And keep in mind, that wasn't yeah. his only kick. He missed. I actually forgot that he had missed the kick earlier because I was kind of watching this game just like, ha-ha, just wasting time, watching the end of the season. I wanted to focus on pinning, didn't pay attention, and then realized that, I mean, he really did cost us that game. Yeah, you know, I, I think we kind of given the Saints a pass overall on this game. Don't get me wrong, it's a terrible game, but it Who's didn't matter. A pass? I ain't giving Crazy, nobody a pass matter. after watching that damn game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't even I, you know, I, Kickers are barely players, all right? Kickers can never lose a game. You know who can lose a game? Putting yourself in a position where you need a goddamn kicker to win for you. That's what loses a game. Mm. Yeah, Andy Dalton fucking yeah. bouncing passes to Alvin Kamara when he has wide open guys in the end zone on third down. That's what loses you games. Starting Andy Dalton at all loses you a couple games. I said it. Hmm. Yeah, I, I got you correct. And, and also our kicker lost us again too. That that doesn't help. Yeah, I, you know, and and we've had this conversation, um, but I'll bring it to the folks listening. Uh, you know, to me, you know what Andy Dalton is when you when you put him in there. So at some point. Then it goes back to it's not Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton probably played exactly like you would expect from Andy Dalton. Um, so back to a coaching decision. What happened with Jameis Winston that was so bad 
that you thought this was better. And I, this is not even a conversation to advocate for, for Winston. It's just simply saying is, do you believe that Winston was so bad that this was better? And I don't know the answer to that, but obviously it's the Saints thought so. Right. You're 100% right. Because I'm not saying that Andy Dalton should be shot out of a cannon into the sun. I'm saying right, no, you decided to start Andy Dalton needs to be shot out of a cannon into the sun. Who decided uh, that there's no way Jameis Winston scores seven points or more? That's who needs to be fired. Right. And, and I think yeah. this decision is really like an overview of, I went into the game thinking, okay, I'm pretty confident the Saints aren't firing Dennis Allen. But hey, we'll probably get rid of our, uh, Pete Carmichael. And, you know, we can fix the offense. The defense was playing better. But then I realized this isn't a Pete Carmichael thing. This is an overall view or overall strategy that Dennis Allen wants to play conservative yeah. offense to protect his defense because he is a defensive-minded coach. And there's two elements. One, I don't know if that type of football wins anymore in the NFL. And two, it sucks to watch. I, I told you guys I think I would rather Jameis Winston uh, throw for 360 yards, three interceptions, and two touchdowns in a loss. And you might say that sucked, but at least it was somewhat entertaining, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, seeing, seeing more offense, more points on the board in general is more entertaining to watch. And so if you're going to lose, at least entertain me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not with you Versus guys. I, I can be entertained by watching good defense and ball control. And if we win 13 to 10, we're, you know. Yeah, you have to win, though. But that's, what, that's exactly what I'm saying. I don't care how you win. <laughs> Winning is the fun part for me. I don't care yeah. how we do it. But the problem is we're playing the boring way and losing right now. It's the worst right, of both right. worlds. And, right. and, and, and I'll have to concede to what you just said, Craig, because I completely agree with that. The fact of the matter, had we won, I think I, that my attitude would be a little bit better. I could spin <laughs> things a little bit better. But at the end of the day, you just simply can't score seven points and and then walk away in a loss and be like, oh, man, I feel really good about this because we were right there at the end. No, it just it, – everything feels nasty about it. Yep. Let's talk defense. We had two sacks, one interception. Uh, David Onyemata got one of the sacks. Um, and JT Gray, the other one? Yeah, the uh, sack Packers. artist JT Gray, you know, the, the guy you expect to get pass right yeah. from. Yes. Uh, we had Matthew, Marshawn Lattimore, and Davis with eight tackles each. Um, I do want to take this time out to uh, give Dave the opportunity to apologize to the Honey Badger for criticizing his game earlier in the season. Go ahead, Dave. All right. <laughs> he has seemed to be playing better, but every criticism I have for him uh, still applies. Like I get that what he led the league with, I mean, led the team with three interceptions. Is that right? Mm -hmm. yeah, half and, of uh, six. and, and he did, but I, I almost feel like there was a late season memo that went out to all the media to start telling everybody. Cause I swear everything I heard from all the different outlets that I listened to started talking about how good he, it just came out of nowhere that, uh, uh, Teron Matthews was a good ball player and he's one of the Saints best defenders I don't believe that for a second but I, I will say that he seemed to improve to a level that you can accept early in the season I'll go right back and say you can't tell me that was all good yeah yeah. Dale can because he went to LSU no uh, he, he had point. some he had some some missed tackles that were pretty 
bad. Like, well, and I also, watching it. to me, it's not just the missed tackles, but I, I also believe that at that position, there needs to be someone who, I don't want to say an enforcer, because that would imply a guy is just out there just, you know, welling on people. Like but just too many times where, like, a running back is kind of getting drugged down, and there should be a safety cleaning that guy up and making him think twice about doing whatever he just did. And we just, that whole element was lost. The whole, you know, one guy's tackling, another guy comes in and just gives him that last good shot and reminds him that this is one of the best defenses in the league. He, completely void of that. Just kind of run up and put your hands on him. And that's one of the things. I think I've noticed something because I'm all tickled pink about uh, Trevor Penning. I loved uh, uh, Davenport, which is a whole other conversation. And why do I like those guys? Because I like physical football players. And I think that's why I was so hard on Matthew. Yeah. Well, let's let's move to Davenport because you brought him up. The Davenport report. Yeah. The snap counts, he had 20% versus Brandison and Passanio, who split time. Um, well, you can't, you can't do snap counts. You can't do snap counts of this week because he got ejected right after halftime. That's a good point. Well, yeah, okay. He would have had more than 20% right. if he wasn't kicked out of the game for being a, bu- a bum-ass. But, ass. okay. How do you describe it? He, some, they got in a t- little tussle, and his emotions got the better of him. I don't know. Is it because he's got his confidence in problems? So you can't offend me like that. I'm going to be upset. I'm, got, I'm done with him. I'm just done with everything about that player right now. But, okay, so I was going to ask Craig uh, how he felt about this, but I think we know now. And I started looking at this because there's a lot of people who believe that despite his lack of productivity, there are teams with caps that have space and would sign the guy, maybe not to a top tier contract, but, you know, an eight million dollar contract. I do not believe after what I read on Nick Underhill's um, um, blog or, or on his website about a conversation he had where Davenport reinforced that he has these confidence problems and how he feels. And you, you just, you can't be a football player and be successful at that, with that kind of mentality. And so I believe once the league hears this, that he'll, I believe that he would probably be okay if we gave him a decent contract to be the backup. He would be one, he's one of those players who would be fine with that. Like, oh, I'm backup. And if you give me, you know, 3 million a year, I'd be happy with that. And if you want a dog, I don't care how physically imposing you are. If you want a real football player, that mentality cannot be existing in their head. So you're saying this because of the the article you read from uh, Underhill? Yes, and we heard about this before, so it's not new. This is something that just popped up. Okay. Uh, Look look at a side-by-side of two uh, similarly gifted physical uh, presences, right? You have have Penning, the, the new rookie, and you have Davenport. Both of them are extremely big, extremely strong, extremely athletic for their position. One of them has a mad dog killer instinct that keeps getting in fights and practices and getting thrown out of games. And the other one is is not really confident. I'm not really sure of myself. Physicality is more than than muscle and and bone. Physicality is a mindset. You have to want to hurt people. And I'm not sure that uh, you can be coward, not cowardly. That's that's harsh. Uh, but you can't you can't be timid. And that, that interview really just it's shown a light on on this whole. Uh, I, I just I don't I don't want him back. I don't care if he's cheap. I don't want him back. So what's worst what's worse about uh, uh, Davenport is that we talked about like, look, we're going to find out that he had a rib injury. He had something because, listen, forget about the sacks. 
we know that he's a guy that will produce pressure and not get the sack. But there was an entire element that was missing from his game, this physicality. We'd see some plays where he would just come on running plays or whatever. He would do some an ear hole in offensive linemen. And this whole season, none of that. And we found out he was injured, but it wasn't his rib. It wasn't his ankle. It was his between his ears. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's a little bit harder to work out. I yes. guess. Um, yes. You're, you're going to need some some serious uh, off-season counseling and, and everything. Um, <laughs> I hope the Philadelphia Eagles have good team psychiatrists. Yeah, we, we just had a guy from, uh, in basketball, a Philadelphia 76ers, uh, took out. Guy used to play for LSU a little bit. You know I'm talking about? Oh, but I know now why you know why you're talking about, because he went to LSU. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, I can't remember the guy's name. I'm telling you. Like, I'll find it eventually. Um, Talk Let's down. go to the offense. The Saints offense were four of 13 on third This offense down. left after the first drive. We ain't got nothing else to talk about after that. <laughs> all right. So it, it's understandable, that, though. though. It, I, I, all right, they, they, were, they had six active offensive linemen uh, for the game because Throckmorton hurt himself in warm-ups. So they got six total offensive linemen, and then Penning goes down. So you only have five guys. You're not getting any rotation. You're not having any depth, not any backup. I understand that your line is trash, and you got one of your original starters in there. But that doesn't explain everything else. There was nothing about that offense that made me feel any kind of good about this being the the, the plan going forward. It's just it was just so disheartening. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. So again, I have to. I have to go back to my mentality when I went into the game. It was kind of, you know, it's a, it's a defense mechanism where I don't go in, I just lower my expectations. So after that first drive, I was like, man, the Saints actually, they want to finish the season on a positive note. And so, and that first drive lingered on with me almost through halftime. It was almost like, oh, well, they, they're just going to, they're going to do it any time now. And it just got to the point where in the second half, I just started saying, what is going on? And, Every bad feeling that I had throughout the season just all manifested itself into that second half. And I, I was furious after the game, not because we lost, not because, but just looking at the future of the team, looking at, I, I now blame Dennis Allen for the offensive woes, not for the play calling, not for, but I believe that at, at least a large part of this has to do with Dennis Allen's, Allen's um fingerprints on the offense saying, hey, take it easy. Let's be conservative. Don't put me in a bad spot. Let's just win these games, low scoring. And so that means even if we fire Pete Michael, the next guy that comes in, Dennis Allen's to say, man, I love all this creative stuff, but what we really need to do is keep it close to the vest. Don't risk nothing. And so we're going to be right back in the same spot. But did this change come because of the first two games with Jameis and like the million overthrows he had. And, you know, Dennis Allen may be like, look, we can't win with all these overthrows. Like, we got to try something else. In my opinion, yeah, all of it factored in. He may have gone into the season saying, no, no, I'm loosening up and I'm going to. And then after that first game, he's like, no, no, we got to tighten this back up. Or I shouldn't say just the first game, because then you have the second game and the third game where he's like, look, this offense is is hurting us. We can win if we just don't make these mistakes. So I'm going to stick with Andy Dalton and keep it close to the vest. So, okay, so maybe he does loosen up if he gets a quarterback that he actually trusts to make plays. Yeah, maybe so. 
maybe that's what it is. Just that that trust in that quarterback position. I would Dennis Taysom? Allen trust Andy Dalton more than a guy like Jameis Winston. It's interesting. It's interesting that Dennis Allen would would agree with this uh, particular choice uh, for no reason other than uh, just a better play, I imagine. Well, you see, okay, trust. I don't think he trusts him to be a better quarterback. I think he trusts him to make less mistakes. So I, I made this comment about I'd rather see Winston throw for 350 yards and three interceptions and lose. I think the difference is he believes that, yeah, that might be flashy and but we'd still be probably lose because those interceptions would have turned into points and we'd have lost. And if so that's, huh? we all understand that I'm calling Dennis Allen a racist. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh boy. Well, I, I just, I just think that he just trusts him not to make mistakes. And I just don't know if you can win football in the NFL anymore. I just going out there not to make a mistake. Because yeah, well, you, you gotta you gotta trust your quarterback. For sure. And I'm gonna make this one last point and tell me if we don't see at least a part of this in every game. We come out, we move the ball decent in some games, and we're doing pretty well. And then we have a lead, or maybe we're right there. And then when you need to make a play, not just not make a mistake, you have to actually make a play. We're incapable of it. And we lost the Tampa Bay game like that. We lost, yeah. I believe, Cincinnati like that. So at some point, yeah, it's nice to have the guy that won't make a mistake or is less likely to make a mistake. But if um, you won't be able to hold a lead because on your last two drives of the game, you 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 won't be able to make a play. And then if you have a lead, uh, that's a if you have a lead. And if you're behind, you still won't be able to make a play. So I, you just can't win like that. Well, Same on the defense, too, though. Point. No, look, but we're talking about the offense right now. Yeah, so, right. yeah. Defense, I mean, but, but I think too. you're hitting on a bigger thing, the, the macrocosm of the whole season of whenever we we came down to one one drive to, to win the game. If we had to stop on defense, we couldn't do it. If we had to, one drive to, to take control at the end of the game on offense, we couldn't do it. The same common denominator is when it really mattered, we shrunk, we faded away, we shrunk up. The DA brought up that point of needing um, a receiver to make contested catches, and we are definitely lacking that after Mike Thomas went down. I agree, and I think that's something that we need. And you know what? This might be a, a bigger conversation back to what Craig said. This might be a bigger conversation for an entire show in the offseason is that the way the Saints defense – remember I've said that the reason we don't play mobile quarterbacks well is because we have a really big defensive line. Well, those are the same guys that you're trying to get the pass rush late in the fourth quarter, and after you get three or four pass rushes in a row, they're burnt, they're 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 gassed, and now guys like Tom Brady just sit back there with no pass rush. Pick your how many times have we seen it? Zero pass rush when you need it at the end of the game. Does it have to do with the defensive philosophy on the type? We're always talking about how uh, um, um, the general manager, um, I'm sorry, uh, Ireland. He he does a great job of picking right. the type That's of the guys that, that the Saints mm-hmm. like. They like mm-hmm. big defensive ends. Big well, what happens to big guys Rans whenever score. you start they, they have to <laughs> run that much? They get tired. Yep. So at the end of the game, we have no pass rush. I mean, I think our pass rush was lacking for most of the year, mm-hmm. but Dennis Allen went back and fixed it. Didn't and fix that's it when we started seeing the blitzes from from Ellis and started seeing Mario Davis getting more sacks and stuff. So he kind of fixed the defense. Well, and again, we, they Dale, scored I'm, 10 points. But Dale, I'm think about this. I'm talking situationally. Like yeah. our pass rush, uh, yes, improved. 
and in in certain situations, meaning third down, you know, third quarter, second quarter, third down and eight, we we got a pass rush. It's better, and we are mm-hmm. a good pass rushing team. But in the fourth quarter, when Tampa Bay is down by two scores, and we just need to get a stop, and Tom Brady comes out there and they stop doing the run, run, pass thing, and they just start mm-hmm. passing on every down. Now all of a sudden, the pass rush disappears. And again, it's just a theory, but I'm I'm thinking of it situationally. Yeah, you can get like just like the offense. We make plays during the game, man. We get a lave open. We make some plays every now and again. But in the fourth quarter, on the last drive, when you need one, you can't get it. Yeah. So that that's what I mean. Yeah, I I get it. No, it's not clutch. The defense isn't clutch. Right. And like, I, that's, I, that's again, I, I'm I think I'm having like because I said this about Davenport. He's I don't want to call him overweight. I don't know if the Saints told him to add this weight, but you're just not going to be effective pass rushing five downs in a row when you weigh 320 pounds. Third down for what? The Saints did restructure Michael Thomas's contract. I'm talking about so it. this makes it easier to trade him or cut him. So what do you think will end up happening? <sighs> I think he gets cut because I don't think anyone will give us anything for him. And it breaks my heart. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's probably my favorite non-lineman on the Saints last few years. I love how <laughs> he plays. I love everything about his game. It's just it's just such a such a bummer that it was, you know, he's not leaving town because he was a malcontent or because he was causing problems or because he's a bad player. It's just injuries. And that's just that's just a bummer. It just sucks. It sucks that we lost out on a Hall of Fame career because of his ankles and feet. And it, yeah, just that's a bummer. Yeah, one hundred percent. And and from what I read, I, I don't want to pretend to even think that I can foresee what NFL teams. But based on what I've read and the things that I've seen, experienced, and you know, meaning in history, the way they restructure his contract so they can get rid of him and it's less of a hit. But to trade him, some team would still have to take on that contract, and it's like twenty eight million dollars next season, not not in twenty three, but twenty four. I don't think any team is going to take that on. They'll just wait till he gets cut. Yeah. You're probably unfortunately, right. unfortunately, we get nothing for him. Right. Uh, and and, I, and the thing is, is that I still think that he has some good football, maybe not to the level of the guy we knew, but he still has good football ahead of him. I would actually love if, because I do believe now we have Shahid and you have Olave. I mean, if we signed Michael Thomas, knowing that he's not the same Michael Thomas, I'd be like, man, that's perfect for the way that our team is set up. We we could really use a Michael Thomas. Yep. Yep. I think that's, there's any chance. That, uh, that is the missing piece. Think there's any chance that we have Michael Thomas on the Saints next year? Personally, I just think that if I was Michael Thomas and knowing how Michael Thomas is, all the guys that he's probably loyal to, like a Sean Payton, are gone. Drew Brees, gone. Yeah. So why would he just want to stick around, take a pay cut, to be on a bad team that doesn't even have a quarterback right now? I just don't see why he'd want to stay. You know, <laughs> potential you know, is one of those toxic things in the NFL. And, and someone, some team, is going to think they can keep him healthy and get 1,000 yards receiving out of him. Hey, and maybe somebody can. Uh, but because someone's going to make that that run and offer that money, I, I don't think there's any chance we see him again. I'm really wondering what his number looks like next year for another team because, I mean, the market is saturated. I think with with uh, wide receiver prospects, uh, with you know the draft, 
there's always a ton of wide receivers coming out in the draft. So his price going to have to come down, I believe. I think he priced out like, like Landry was last year. He, he thought he was worth a lot more, too. So. That's a player I don't think we're getting back in either. Yeah, agreed. Um, Denver reached out for permission to interview Sean Payton. Uh, and from what I heard, they, they granted the permission. So are we going to get some first from Denver? Well, I guess there's been several teams that, uh, that, that are now, uh, their names are being thrown in there. And to me, the first thing that I'm going to point out, because I know this is an expansive conversation, is the idea that Sean Payton has, a, has a, an exact thing that he wants, and if he doesn't want it, then he's gone back to the, the, uh, the, the studio. I don't believe that whatsoever. He has now demonstrated that one of two things, he's willing to go to a team that is not ideal, or B, that he's playing some kind of game, because why would he even take an interview with Denver? Um, Denver's not an ideal situation. They don't have the picks. They have a quarterback that... You know, you might say, hey, we can we can salvage him. Wilson can, be, you know, obviously played well in the past. But this two years now, he hasn't played well. What's the upside for him to go there? Um, now there's reports that, you know, a, a, a Arizona might be a team that he wants to go to. So the the first thing I, I would discuss is this idea that, oh, you know, Sean Payton has all the, the leverage because he's only going to play – or, or coach the Chargers if the Chargers make it because they're an ideal landing spot. I don't believe that anymore. Yeah. Oh, but the name I was looking for earlier was uh, Ben Simmons with the. Um, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. We don't oh, really yeah. claim him from Louisiana anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, several teams have fired their coordinators, like the Texans. I'm sorry, the uh, Titans. Well, the Texans fired their coach. Uh, commanders, fighter, fire the offense coordinator, winner of the Saints going to make their move. Not going to fire a PC. <laughs> Pete Carmichael is a sidekick. He's a, he's a remora. He's a sucker fish. He is Sean Payton's lackey. Until Sean Payton goes somewhere, he was only the OC. That, he didn't want to be the OC this year. He was only here to tread water because he knew that Sean Payton would come back and he'd leave and go follow his, his butt buddy after this. He was never going to be his own guy. He's not the kind of you know, alpha male, Philip Aruma. Hey, this is how we're going to do things. We're going to score some touchdowns. We're going to do this. He's never that guy. He was an assistant. He was the clipboard guy for Sean Payton. And that's all he'll be again. When, as soon as Sean Payton gets dealt, uh, assuming probably not until after the Super Bowl would be my assumption, uh, he's just going to leave and he's going to go with Sean Payton. We're never going to actually fire him because it's not going to be that process. He's going to follow his, his commander off into battle and return to wearing the Robin costume because he is not Batman. So to piggyback off of Craig's comment, um, which I agree with, it, it's it's another thing that I speculated, and I'm sure others have too, um, that has come to validate itself, that there was nobody except for fans who thought that Sean Payton wouldn't probably be coaching this year. I'm not saying it's impossible that there's no way he could not coach this year. But the fact of the matter is, Pete Carmichael knows it. He didn't want to do it. He got talked into it. So that means the Saints organization probably knew it, which means the Saints probably have some type of plan. I think it was it was pretty evident, not having a quarterback last year, that they know they're going to get somebody to reimburse them for the first rounder that they spent on. I don't know if you want to call it Alave or Penning or the you know the the trade with the the, the Eagles. Mm. So to me, 
when I heard a rumor is the worst kept secret. Well, I think so. I mean, not, but I think the rumor was it's the worst kept secret that Sean Payton was going back to the Saints. That that's not happening. Um, mm-hmm. But it was the worst kept secret that he is going to coach uh, here in twenty three. So yeah. <laughs> one way or another, he's going to be coached. Now look. What if every position gets filled and the only teams left are just some garbage teams that nobody in their right mind would coach? Then maybe there's a chance he doesn't coach. But for the most part, he's going to pick the best option of what's available, and he's going to coach this year. And the Saints knew it going back to last year. Well, let's look at some of these vacancies. Um, Arizona fired their coach, and their GM stepped aside. So that's like a wide-open kind of job. I think that would be a good play for Sean, and they have a top three pick that they can trade for. You you want this, Craig, or nope. do I go first? No, I'm, I'm not touching that with a temple pull. <laughs> okay, so, so here's more speculation. Um, I I laugh at the people. I guess I'm always a guy somewhere in the middle here. I laugh at the people who say we'll get a third rounder for Sean Payton, but I also do not believe the Saints are going to get the third pick for Sean Payton. Having mm-hmm. said that. The, uh, the 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 Cardinals have a franchise quarterback or a guy that they just paid who they are married to for the next three years. So there is a world where the Cardinals can say, you know what, I'll trade it to you, and Sean Payton is a great starting point, but we'll end up having to give them something back. Now, the Saints in return would now be in a top three. Let's say they have to hypothetically give up two second rounders this year and next year. They have number three. They can get that. You know, and I hate saying this because I sent y'all a list of all the busts at quarterback that were top right. five or ten guys, yeah. but they have their potential franchise quarterback in whoever they would pick at number three. And so, you know, is that a bad thing? Because if the Saints were drafting at even twelve to to get to the top three picks, man, you'd have to give up a gold mine. So I, I, you know, I don't think we're just going to get Sean Payton because I've seen people say, "Oh, we'll get Arizona's pick in the first round of next year." You've lost your mind. There's a difference between a top five pick where the potential, and I'm using air quotes here, potential franchise quarterbacks live, and the number six or ten or twelve pick. You know, you can get to those guys, but you're not getting to a franchise guys for cheap. You you get into those top fives, it's going to cost you. And I think Arizona, uh, you know, I'd like to get there and get that quarterback. But, you know, it's that time of year where I'm not sold on the guys up there, you know. So, yeah. uh, anyway, I, the point is I think that we're we not just going to get, you know, give them Sean Payton and get the number three pick. I just don't believe that. Okay. How would you feel about getting the number three pick for Sean Payton and our 2024 first-round pick? Still, is that like we'd have to give them our Yeah, we would give them year. our first okay. next year Sean Payton to move up. So I would be open to that until I stop and think about it. So even if we get the number three pick, we still have Dennis Allen as a coach. Who knows who the OC is? Do you think that that pick next year won't be a top 10 pick? Then I would shoot myself again. Like, so if there was a clause in there, like the NBA does this, Mm -hmm. like if it's a top 10, you don't get it. Right. If it's, Mm -hmm. if it's a 15 or higher then yes, you get it. And then if you don't get it, then there's different compensation, you know, second rounder or whatever. So something like that. But I don't want to – can you imagine we give him Sean Payton in our first round next year, and next year it turns out to be the number five pick? Because right. even a rookie is going to struggle his rookie year. Oh, yeah, for sure. So um, that would make me nervous, Craig, is, is the answer. The same boat. I want more picks. I don't, I don't want higher picks. I want more picks. Yeah, I want more picks. 
Sure. Okay. So in the Saints' defense, everybody complains how they trade these guys away and that. Well, the point is they had a, a veteran roster. They didn't have many open spots. Now it's just the opposite. We have holes everywhere. We need depth. You'll start seeing, well, at least I want to believe, you won't see the Saints trading up as much. Because for so long we were so good, we didn't have eight open spots on the team. So, you, you know, trade two of those picks, get a guy that you really think is your guy, and he can fit one of those spots that is open, and you don't have a bunch of guys you're cutting. So I think we will start seeing the Saints accumulating more players. See, I've, I've, always found, I've always found that way of thinking flawed because every year we have undrafted free agents make the team. You say that we we never have spots. Like it, it was it was just a flawed way of thinking, I believe. But I, and you know what? I, I can't disagree with you, but then maybe just just trying to argue my side of it. I don't think anybody goes into it thinking that this undrafted free agent is going to make the team. Right. You know, they they probably don't mm-hmm. believe that a six rounder could make the team. Yeah. But then all of a sudden undrafted guy does because well, dang, he's a lot better than we thought he was. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only thing I can think of because you make a great point. Mm-hmm. All right. The last thing about this coaches uh, carousel, everything like that, McVeigh is taking some time to evaluate his Beyond. future. Now, I know this could be a prime location for Sean Payton. He'll be very happy in Los Angeles. Fuck the Rams. No, no trade clause. Fuck them. <laughs> Can't have our garbage. Get the hell out of here. Hell no. I don't care if they're offering. They can't so, offer anything anyway. All of their picks are gone. They're burned to the ground. They are in way worse shape than we are roster-wise. Fuck the Rams. They can't have a goddamn thing from us, let alone Sean Payton. Fuck them. I don't care what they're offering. Well, here's the other thing is is what – I mean, I think this is what Craig said, but uh, but I I wholeheartedly believe I'm, – I'm, I, listen, I appreciate everything Sean has done for the, for the team, the franchise – but this guy tried to jump ship. Ship. It's it's documented in court documents that they were colluding. Uh, the uh, the the Dolphins lost the first round pick because because of it. Sean Payton was trying to bail on. It. And I, the way I look at it is, you know, listen, we wanted him to. We kept kicking the can. But as soon as he realized we don't have a future, he jumped ship. I'd love to send him to the Rams. The problem is he ain't going to the Rams because it's like Craig said, a worse situation than us. So I guarantee. Okay, I would highly doubt. That, that he wants to go to the Rams so that he can be in a worse spot with aging players. I heard uh, 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 the defensive tackle, not Darnold, Aaron but Donald. Is, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I always say Darnold. Um, mm-hmm. I hear he might be retiring. So you think Sean Payton wants to go there with no cap, no picks? It's the Saints. Yeah. The, uh, the, yeah. the only thing well. that's for sure that he's not going to coach the Saints next year. That's the only for sure possibility. But right behind that is the Rams. I, I agree with that. I agree with that, Craig. They're going to go for it here on fourth down. Okay, let's talk playoffs. Playoffs. Who's coming, who's coming out of the NFC and who's coming out of the AFC? What do we care? Craig, what, what are you seeing out there? What are we even talking about? Who, who, gives, who gives a rat's ass? Fuck all these guys. Ball's dead to me until <laughs> September or so. I'll, I'll, um, You're going to be watching. Okay, all right. I'm, all right so AFC, I... I don't know that I th- probably probably think so, but also kind of hope so is is the Chiefs. Uh, I just know a ton of Chiefs fans that are good people. Um, they're not the, the they're not the kind of fan base that makes you want to beat them in the face with a brick. You know, it's some good people I know that are big Chiefs fans. So I would I would like to see them come out of the AFC, and I hope everyone in the NFC gets hit by an asteroid. <laughs> 
not Tampa, right? <laughs> just not Tampa. Like, I don't like the Niners. I don't like the Eagles. I just don't ever want to see Tom Brady on my TV ever again. And if he gets far enough in the playoffs, it's going to happen. And I don't want to ruin another TV. Expensive. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't you don't need to be doing that, Craig. That's yeah. That's what what Craig saying? What Craig saying about the NFC? Just about every team in the playoffs is a team that I'd be like, I want. You know, the only team that the ill will for has subsided is Seattle. Like Seattle's been bad enough now for a couple of years that I don't hate them anymore. Welcome to, uh, you know, when they had the Legion of boom and Russell Wilson mm-hmm. cooking, you know, it's like, Oh, they're arch. Of all the teams in the playoffs, no San Francisco, no Tampa Bay, Minnesota can do some things that I'm not going to mention. And Philadelphia, I'm the, my favorite team left would be Seattle, you know? So, uh, so that's the only team as far as who I would pull for who do I think's going to come out of it well Philadelphia puts herself back together uh Dallas just got the brakes beat off of them by um yeah. by Washington so I don't see that being a thing uh you know they they could play well or they could turn around and fall apart which one's going to show up you know I don't know and they needed that game it wasn't like they didn't need the game so they rested starters and you know took it easy um but as far as the AFC Buffalo, how are they going to mentally recover from, you know, the, the big incident that uh, happened with them and uh, the rest of them? You know, Cincinnati is an improved team. I don't know if they can really eh, – I don't know. I guess I would be pulling for Cincinnati or Kansas City, but Kansas City's won too many. So my go-to would be uh, Cincinnati. Okay. We know Dale's a Cincinnati yeah, fan anyway. You know it. We're going with Cincinnati to come out the AFC, Craig. He's got you know his this. Bengals jerseys on. He was rooting for them when they played the Saints because he's a real son of a bitch and nothing has changed. <laughs> uh, as far as the NFC, I, I want to go 49ers, but listen, that, that Shanahan's doing amazing with this uh, seventh-round rookie quarterback. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm so amazed with him. I want anybody associated with San Francisco's offense to coordinate the Saints' offense next year. That's what I want. Yeah, you okay. don't even listen. You don't even hear in yourself. You could have put any quarterback, but you could have put Andy Dalton on that team, and he would have scored points in one games because that offensive line and that running game and those weapons are elite. It's not. It's not Purdy who's winning these games, man. That offense is just stacked, starting with the yeah, offensive line. But, but he's he's not losing the game though. Like this, 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 this is what you need at this point. I keep, for, I keep forgetting that I'm talking to a fantasy football player that doesn't appreciate or understand offensive lines or systems. <laughs> oh, look, he threw yeah, the ball and the other guy caught system. it. Oh, oh, that's 12 points. And shut up. Shut up and yeah, stick to good, your spreadsheets. Good system. That's what I want, Craig. Yeah, that's what I want. Sheets. They, we have a, they have a good offensive line and they run the ball well. And it's not going to show up on your goddamn unicorns game. <laughs> well, I still don't see anybody uh, outclassing the Philadelphia Eagles with Hurts. Um, you, don't think, uh, you don't think it's a big part of his game, mobility that's going to be limited with his injury? You don't think that taking that out of his game is going to leave him to susceptible to the Boses of the world coming out of San Francisco? Injections are a wonderful thing, Craig. <laughs> uh, for the record, yeah, okay. I, I think it's going to be San Francisco and Kansas City, and I will paint my damn face red, but the Kansas City kind of red because I hate the Niners. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 
from there too. I definitely hate him. They broke my heart a few times. But so Dave, I wish, man, Dave is right. Worst, I, I hate every team. So Seahawks, Beastquake, Buccaneers, obviously, <laughs> uh, Vikings, obviously, uh, Eagles, obviously. Niners, we know why we hate them. Who else is even? I mean, we hate everyone in the uh, Cowboys. Okay, yeah, nobody likes the goddamn Cowboys either. They're the only team I hate the least. All right. <laughs> See, you talk about me and my hate on the Frenemies podcast, but I'm an angry you know? person, and that's established. <laughs> okay, uh, this is part of my part of my charm and uh, what I bring to the table. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Three kinds of people, Chuck. Dicks, right, pushes, well. and assholes. Uh, and uh, and well, as soon as you understand that, it all gets easier to, to go with. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us on the beer run. Uh, that's all the show we have. Uh, we know you have a choice in podcasts, and we're amazed you continue to choose this one. Uh, for my co host, Little Dice, for Dave's loud ass truck, and for the whole BS and Beer family, the California Cajun, the beer, it's on me. That. Remember to follow us on Twitter and Facebook at BS and Beer Media. Or if you're old and want to write a strongly written letter, email us BS and Beer at iCloud.com. It